<laughs> oh man, I remember this. This is a blast from the past. We'll turn it up, man. That was an irritating commercial. Hopefully, this isn't irritating, and hopefully, my commercial that is coming out very soon will not be irritating to you. I'll tell you about that a little bit before we start the show, or after we start the show. Let's start it though. It's Friday, March 13th, 2020. This is episode 369. It's balmy here in upstate New York, 48 degrees Fahrenheit, feels like 43, highs are going to be about 48, winds are out of the southeast, 15 miles per hour, it's rainy, windy, my voice is a little screwed up today, I have been sick, it is not the coronavirus, this is not the coronavirus issue, or issue, episode, there we go, it is not going to be an issue, because we're not talking about that today, so sick of hearing about it, you know, so we're not talking about that today. But if you follow the show, you know that I've had some mysterious, weird illness that I cannot, for the life of me, find out what's wrong with me. I've had all kinds of tests run. I had uh, my uh, physical for my 50 years, because that's coming up in three days. Holy cow. And um, they can't find anything. They ran blood tests, and I get this weird sickness. Then I end up vomiting and everything, and my right now I'm all hoarse from that. So, oh, oh well, life goes on, doesn't it? Speaking of life going on, let's move on with the show. We'll do that when we come back. We'll start off with our quote. Stick around. We'll be right back. Why are we? Why are we playing that? Oh, we'll we'll find out later. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back. Let's start off the show with our quote. This is from Billy Cox. Billy Cox is Jimi Hendrix's bassist, and he's the original member of Jimmy's band before he was even at Woodstock. He's been with them ever since the beginning. And this is what Billy Cox said. Life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are to your comfort zone. Life... Yeah, tell him, Shy. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yeah. Life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are your comfort zone. And I've been stepping out of my comfort zone. You know, for three years now I've been podcasting, but I've really been stepping out and trying to promote it more. Now, granted, we're heard, we're heard in over 130 countries, and I'm honored by that. And I can't believe it. Sometimes I pinch myself, and I it doesn't even seem real to me that I'm heard in West Africa and Japan and you name it. It just blows me away sometimes when I get my stats. And I've been stepping out of my comfort zone and trying to pursue my dreams of using some of these talents that I have and I've was told that one of my talents is I have a gift of gab I've always been a talker and along with that though I've been told that I have a really good voice it doesn't sound so good right now because it's hoarse but I thought okay why can't I capitalize on that and try to do something and and that's what I've been doing here with podcasting now because it's really a dream of mine to keep pursuing this and to have it grow even more legs than it has in these three years because we live on a planet that's been purely organic growth. And I've been very fortunate for the organic growth I have. 
And, you know, the only bit of promotions that I put into it was my recent bad bag initiative where I gave away over 350 bags to my community. And other than that, I hadn't done anything. And then I've recently started getting business cards and magnets and stickers and trying to hand those out. And I feel like it's starting to pay off because I'm realizing this is something that can become something and something did come of it with Carpe. You know, I think doing this has given me the confidence in myself again. I've really lost a lot of self-esteem throughout the years and I don't know where that's stemmed from. And uh, now being sober for over four years, I've really started to gain something back. And I'm really happy because my commercial with Carpe is coming out soon. I just spoke with them the other day and they gave me a prototype um, antiperspirant device to use instead of a stick. It's more like a tube of lotion with an applicator end. And they said, here, take this home and try it out and, you know, keep us posted. And that's what I've been doing. And it, it just works fine. They just wanted to see about the delivery system to make sure it's not the product in it, in the tube. It's the delivery system of how you're applying it. And it's working really good. And they asked me, they said, hey, can, by the way, is there a Target store near you? Because our products in Target and CVS and then online, obviously. And I said, well, there's not one in my little town, but there's one like 35 minutes away from me. They said, oh, great. Could you, next time you go to Target, do an Instagram story in the deodorant aisle, the antiperspirant aisle with our product? And I said, absolutely, I will. I told you I want to be your spokesperson. And they ended up responding back, you know, with some smiles and stuff like that. And they said, well, just so you know, your commercial's coming out very soon. And that made me real excited because, as I told you before, I, you know, granted, the experience was great. And it was everything I hoped for. And I wouldn't have changed a thing. But it wasn't a guarantee that it was going to make the air. At least that's what I told myself. I guess I didn't want to get too excited because their reaction that day was, this is great material. We can't wait to use this for a commercial. And I felt the same way. But I guess there was that self-doubt in the back of my brain that said, okay, even though this was great, this might not make the air. And so for them to tell me that it was, and it's going to be national on national TV. And so I'm pretty excited about that. One of my listeners my buddy Jason sent me in my Instagram story or in his Instagram page a private message of uh, him seeing a Carpe commercial on TV. And granted, right now they're late at night, so this commercial spot might be late at night, but it might not because they did just get a big grant and they're really growing and trying to uh, to do a lot. So, man, I'm... I'm excited. When I got off the, the phone with them, I said to my wife, I go, I just got chills because it just kind of really hit me. Friends and family are going to be able to so all of a sudden one day in their travels, in their living room, as they're trying not to pay attention to commercials because nobody wants to pay attention to those things because they're always on. They're going to hear my voice and all of a sudden they're going to look up and go, hey, wait a minute. 
I know that dude. I know that guy. And that's pretty blows my mind. And who knows what that will lead to. And so I'm excited and I, I'm looking for big things with Carpe. I'm I'm just I don't know. I'm excited about it. All right. Uh stick around when we come back. We'll dive into some more stuff and things. We'll be right back. So I'm excited. I finally um, got the opportunity to fly my drone. I've only flown my drone one time, and I did it at my oldest daughter Bethany's house. And it was not a good experience because it wasn't calibrated correctly, and I crashed it. And I just bought it, and it didn't damage it, but I was, I was crapping bricks because um, it was uh, like I said, I just bought it, and it's not a cheap drone, drone, drone. It's a DJI Mavic Mini, and I've flown little drones before, but nothing as nice as this. That's got a three-axis gimbal camera on it, and can go up to three miles in distance. And by law, no higher than 400 feet because you're just not supposed to go any higher than that. So I have my limit set at like 390. So I won't go any higher than that. But I'm not prepared to put the thing up that high. I did bring it down to uh, near Fort Ontario, which is a rock throw from me. You can't fly it right at state parks like that because it's just being the fort the way it is everybody would be flying their drones over it and nobody wants things at a historic park or a historic site like that so i was over at the baseball fields there's little league fields and then the college field and just the maiden voyage to be able to get it out there and really get on the joysticks and go full throttle and go left and right and do um uh what do you call it figure eights and it was fun. I had really pushed it to the limit for what I felt comfortable with. And I feel now that I'll be able to take it out and fly it in tight spots. And it's got a protective cage that you can put on it. And the first time I did fly it, I had that on. And this time I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put it on. I'm going to just do it. Just do it. Just like Shia LaBeouf tells us to do it. Just, just do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here sometimes. <laughs> My producer does make this show interesting sometimes when I start droning about maybe like my drone or anything like that. Yeah, I'm still loving my fountain pen. I told you guys that the other day I wrote my show notes such as like the date and the episode title and what the rain is and all that with my fountain pen and I love that thing if you're feeling fancy or you want to feel fancy get yourself a fountain pen if you have a lot of writing to do they don't bleed through paper like I thought they were going to they write just like a regular pen and they dry pretty quick I just got my holographic stickers in from sticker mule sticker mules right out of Amsterdam New York I was kicking stones around that area back in the late 80s early 90s and their their company just celebrated their 10th birthday, and they're giving away all kinds of stuff. They're always giving away all kinds of stuff, but they had a really sweet deal on holographic stickers, and I got some, and they're so groovy looking. I love them. 
they were having such deals. Um, and plus I had $30 in store credit. Um, so I ended up getting wall art too, two by two vinyl wall art that sticks to your wall. And I got it and I'm going to put it right here in the studios. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't feeling just slapping on the wall. It felt too, even though I, that's what I knew it was going to be, it felt too college dormy or too, mm, I don't know. So I was like, what could I do? And my wife's like, there's probably a frame that you might be able to find for it at Walmart. They have all kinds of different sizes. So I'm like, oh, good idea. And I went and they didn't have the right size being that mine was two by two. So there's a local place right here in the city of Oswego called the Pit Pitcher connection that does custom frames so i brought it down there and i should be picking it up today hopefully they're done with it today and then i can hang it anywhere in the studios and then move it about anywhere i want so i'm, I'm pretty excited about that i've also been doing this new thing which i just only dived in a little bit and got my feet wet to just try to practice working on my voice and working on my audio performance, um, working on a live with talking with a live audience, and it's an app called Spoon S P O O N. And my friends in the podcast community, Mister No Show and the Foxes, out in uh, Arizona. Speaking of Arizona, I got friends out in Arizona. What's up, Matt? And um, yeah, they told me about Spoon, and it's an app where it's a social media app where you just talk, use your voice, and go live. And it's fun. It's nerve-wracking, though. It's a whole different animal than podcasting because as you're live and talking, people, you're getting comments that are flowing in. People are talking, and then they can rate your voice. There's a little button to where they can rate it, and rate it as strong or powerful or sexy or anything like that and mine has been rated as friendly they rated me as friendly so I'm pretty happy about that if you're on spoon or if you heard a spoon I don't really know how to find me I'm going under WLOAP and then at Patrick WLOAP but it's fun it's it's okay you know like I said it's more for something for me it's very reminiscent of Anchor's old days. Anchor, when I first jumped on this platform, there was a lot of interaction with your listeners besides just call-ins from you guys. When you had your podcast, people were able to leave comments um, just like text messages and you could see them. And then Anchor's changed a lot too. Like if you listen to some of my old episodes, they don't make much sense. Because I had to strip my music away from all my old episodes when Anchor um, allowed monetization. And if you wanted to monetize your podcast, you had to no longer play music and dump all your old episodes or go through and edit them and take all your music out. And that's what I did because when we first started this show... This was really music-based, and I was really more of that 80s DJ guy. And I played a lot of every episode, the music. I would, I would play two songs, talk a little bit, and then play two songs, talk some more. 
and every song that I would play throughout the episodes tied into whatever episode I was talking about. And so it was fun. It was a creative outlet, but it also became very stressful because you don't realize how hard it is to go through and try to find things and match your music, even though there's so much music out there. To do that was uh, tricky. So if you ever do go around and root into my old episodes and it says stuff like, hey, that was Winger. <laughs> I don't know what, where Winger came from. I don't know if I ever played Winger on this show. Probably. Um, where did that so, where did that come from? Seriously, that was random. Okay. Um, it would make no sense to you. So that's, I'm trying to explain to you about that now. All right, enough. Um, let's. All right, let's do that. When we come back, we'll try to. Stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> what are we hearing this for? Why are we hearing this? Oh, it's going to make sense in a second. All right. Well, let's find out why we are hearing. Oh, because on today's date, the U.S. Army launches the Canine Corps. Oh, I see what you did there. You're so crafty. My producer. On March 13th, 1942, the Quartermaster Corps of the United States of America begins training dogs for the newly established War Dog Program, or Canine Corps. Isn't that great? I love dogs. I miss my dog so much. I had my dog for Marley. Uh, we had him for 14 years, and we got him at six weeks old. He was tiny little puppy. He is a pug, all black. Marley Darkness Gerritin was his name. We took my wife's last name and my last name and combined them for Gerritin. And he was, he was amazing, amazing creature. Dogs just give you so much love. But well over a million dogs served on both sides during World War I, carrying messages along the complex network of trenches and providing some measures of psychological comfort to the soldiers, which is true. You know, they're, they, dogs are just they're intuitive. They know when you need them. The most famous dog to emerge from the war was Rin Tin Tin, an abandoned puppy of German war dogs found in France in 1918 and taken to the United States where he made his first film debut in 1922 the silent film the man from hell's river as the first bona fide animal movie star rin tin tin made the little known german shepherd breed famous across the country this is interesting in the united states the practice of training dogs for military purposes was largely abandoned after world war one when the country entered world war ii in december 1941 the american kennel association and a group called Dogs for Defense began a movement to mobilize dog owners to donate healthy and capable animals to the Quartermaster Corps of the United States Army. Training began in March 1942, and that fall, the Quartermaster Corps was given the task of training dogs for the U.S. Navy, Marines, and Coast Guard as well. We have Coast Guard right here in the city of Oswego that we're a port town and we also have um, the snow dogs the reserves the 444th snow dogs is what they're called the canine but they're not um, the snow dogs 
the snow dragons, actually, snow dragons. I was thinking dogs since we're talking about dogs, but the 444th snow dragons. All right, stay on track because we're talking about dogs, not dragons. The Canine Corp initially accepted over 30 breeds of dogs. Wow. But the list was soon narrowed to seven. German Shepherds, Belgian Sheepdogs, Doberman Pinschers, Collies, Siberian Huskies, Malamutes, and Eskimo Dogs. Members of Canine Corp were trained for a total of 8 to 12 weeks. Wow, that's a lot of training. After basic obedient training, they were sent through one of four specialized programs to prepare them to work for work as sentry dogs, scout or patrol dogs, messenger dogs, or mine detection dogs. In active combat duty, scout dogs provided especially essential by alerting patrols to approaching to the approach of enemies and preventing surprise attacks. Well, yeah, that's not surprising. Sorry about that. I just hit my mic. Dogs are smart. They hear you coming from a long way away. The top canine hero of World War II was Chips. His name was Chips, a German shepherd who served with the Army's 3rd Infantry Division. Trained as a sentry dog, Chip broke away from his handler and attacked an enemy machine gun nest in Italy. Dang, forcing the entire crew to surrender. The wounded Chip was awarded the Distinguished Service Cross, Silver Star, and Purple Heart all of which were later revoked due to an army policy preventing official commendations of animals. Ah, bummer. They, I think they stopped that, though, because the newest dog, what was his name? Conan. That dog, he was a shepherd. He's so cute looking. Conan. So this is all from the History Channel's website that we're on. Here's another one. This one's about invention and science. 1781. William Herschel discovers Uranus. Do you call it Uranus or Uranus? I've heard astronomers call it Uranus, so even though it's spelled Uranus. Uh, Russia, this is one for 1881. Tsar Alexander II is assassinated in St. Petersburg. Hmm, 1836, Houston retreats from Santa Ana's army. That's how we got the name Houston, Texas, is named after Sam Houston. Art Literature and Film History, 1965, Eric Clapton Leaves the Yardbirds. Ah, hence we're hearing Freedom Rock commercial because it starts off with a little bit of Layla, you got me on my knees. Layla, I cannot sing. 2005, Disney names Robert Eager as new chief executive. 1989, what a good year 1989 was. Black magic, voodoo, and murder occurs at Rancho Santa Elena. Hmm, that's not a good thing. 1961, Kennedy proposes Alliance for Progress. And then in 1865, in the Civil War, Confederacy approves black soldiers. The war was almost over in the spring of 1865, but... uh. The situation was pretty bleak for the Confederates, obviously. They were running out of supplies. They were running out of everything. They just were outgunned by the North. Man, I would love to bring you to Fort Ontario sometime. I'll suit up in my my Civil War uniform, pop off the uh, percussion cap, or the center fire 
at the fort, we um, shoot the center fire cartridge as well. I haven't done that in years, but that was a blast. All right, stick around. When we come back, we'll head on over to the fact site and see if we can get some more wrinkles on our brain, you know? We want to know things. It's fun to learn, isn't it? It wasn't in school, but this is fun because there's no test at the end of this. <laughs> Stick around. Oh, welcome back and Wakanda forever. That is uh, Black Panther. I can't wait to see that again. That's back out on, um, or not back out, that's out on Disney+. Plus. The reason why I'm playing that is because I'm thinking of Africa right now. Over at the fact site, we're going to learn just a little bit about why Kenya is uh, so wild. Ten wild facts about Kenya. And I'm wanting to learn a little bit about Kenya because of my listeners in Africa, in Mali, West Africa. They listen to us, and I just found out that Kenya is on the list now, too. So welcome, Kenya. Good to have you part of We Live on a Planet. I'm glad that you're over here. Kenya is among one of the most, well, most countries in Africa. Everybody's pretty much heard of it. With hundreds of miles of coastline featuring stunning beaches, it's no wonder tourism is on the rise. I didn't even realize there's all beaches like that and everything. To fully appreciate Kenya, though, Let's find out some 10 facts. Kenya is the best place in the world for safari. In general, people often think of Africa as a great place for a safari, but you can't generalize an entire continent. You know, Africa's huge. So where is the best place for a safari? Kenya tops any other country in the world. The Big Five is a term used by hunters to describe Africa's hardest animals to hunt. Lions, elephants, leopards, rhinos, and Cape buffalo. These days, laws are in place to protect most of these animals, but that doesn't mean you can't admire them from afar. All of these exotic animals can be found in Kenya's National Reserve. Isn't that pretty neat? There's Animals are amazing. I just saw something not too long ago that some poachers though, shot a mother and baby giraffe that were albinos. Jerks. Coffee is a huge export. Interesting enough, Kenyas mostly drink tea over coffee so much though that they don't even really need it. It's one of their biggest exports. Coffee. Kenya is home to the Mazi people, if I'm saying that correctly. They're a group of indigenous people who live in the National Reserve Mazi Maria. Mara. They're known for their jumping dance. And their warrior skills. Have you ever seen the ones that like jump straight up into the air wicked high? Yeah, that's them. Kenya has a car-free island. That's kind of neat. Off the coast of Kenya is Lemu Island. It's home of Lemu Old Town. And uh, it's one of the oldest constantly occupied settlement. And it dates back to the 12th century. 12th century. So like 1100 something. Lamu's old town remains as one of the oldest and best conserved Swahili communities in East Africa. To get around, residents will walk, take a boat, or use donkeys. Cars are banned for general public, and there aren't roads that can even accommodate vehicles. 
Wow. Kenya is named after a mountain because officially Kenya is actually the Republic of Kenya. In fact, before the arrival of European colonists in the late 19th century, the land was just part of a large region simply called East Africa. No one is sure why Kenya or what Kenya was called before colonization, and the name is relatively new for that. In fact, the borders were only finalized in 1895. Wow, you're not not bored yet. Are you still there? Okay, I just want to make sure I haven't bored the heck out of you yet about Kenya. And Kenya is a pretty new country. Like I was saying, they just recently, in 1865 with the borders, is we know Kenya was a Britain colony and it didn't gain its independence until December 12th, 1963. And there are two official languages of Kenya. The two main languages of Kenya are Swahili and English. And Kenya is home to a famous migration. There's there's more to Kenya's wildlife than just the big five that we talked about earlier. In addition, the largest overland migration in the world happens here, aptly called the Great Migration. It involves over 1.5 million wildebeest and 200,000 zebras. During each migration, the animal travels a total of at least 800 kilometers. Wow. Of course, not all animals will make it. Around 250,000 wildebeest and 30,000 zebras died during the migration due to thirst, hunger, exhaustion, and, of course, predators. There are over um, 3,000 lions that follow the migration herd across the reservation, the reserve, excuse me. And then, lastly, Kenyans have won a lot of Olympics. To date, no Kenyan has ever won a medal in the winter sport at the Olympics. However, Kenya athletes have won over 100 medals, mostly from track and field events, between the Summer Olympics of 2008, 2012, and 2016. Kenya earned 42 medals, which is almost half of the total medals won. Holy moly, donut shop. We learned a lot. That was kind of fun. Got some wrinkles on our brain. Didn't we? What's that? No, I didn't forget. Well, slow down, slow down. Yes. Jeez, we're learning all about dogs today, and I almost forgot to tell you that I've got, I got some, a lot of stuff on the stove right now. I got things in the oven, stuff cooking on the stove. I got an interview that I'm going to be doing with Harris, but, or excuse me, Harris. I say his name wrong, Harris, but. And uh, I recently, back in episode 330, interviewed Joseph Cohen from the Universe app. It's a web building app. And Harris works for Universe, and he's one of their heads and one of their lead. And I was talking to him yesterday, and we were I invited him to be on the show, and he said, absolutely. So I'm going to have him. I'm also going to have Casper and David from Carpe the company that I'm in the commercial for, they want to be on the show. While I asked them, they said, yes, they'd be on the show. I'm doing something this Sunday with Eddie Green's 101, his podcast, so that would be a lot of fun. And then also, I want to do a follow-up interview with Alex Carl, writer of Camp Colebrook, the movie that's out now that you can rent on Amazon or Apple TV or anywhere that you can stream. You can rent it today. So yeah, we got a lot of stuff in the works. I'm really excited that you came over 
and gave me your time today. And yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. Do your best today to stay curious and not judgmental the best you can. It's not always easy, but I think you can do it. And life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are to your comfort zone. So step outside your comfort zone today. Push yourself a little bit. All right. And that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm not trying to preach to you. I I say a lot of this to say it to myself because once you're saying it, you're affirming it as well. Yeah. All right, my friends, I'll talk to you real soon. Peace.